we are all misfits. When we actually become our true selves and tap into what we really, really want to do, like I want to dance around and be a clown and have fun and smile and laugh every single day. And the more that I tap into that and accept that that's what makes me different, but that also makes me exactly the same as everyone else. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful, and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Brilliant Misfits. I am so grateful that you're here and tuning in. I'm just having the most amazing time interviewing all these brilliant women And it's really interesting because they're from all walks of life and the theme of not fitting in seems to be this really beautiful gift or catalyst that sparks their creativity and leads them into exploring and expanding ways of doing whatever they're doing in their own way and really creating and expanding the possibilities in our landscape. So today I have a wonderful guest. Um, I'm in awe that she's on my show. And her name is Tash Corbin. And Tash is a business coach and mentor for heart-centered entrepreneurs. She's the facilitator of the Facebook community, heart-centered, soul-driven entrepreneurs, and she's a specialist in lean business and launching. Tash is also a podcaster, and her podcast, hashtag Lady Posse, combines business savvy with gorgeous heart and soul. So super welcome, Tash. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Oh, my goodness. I'm so (laughs) excited to be on Brilliant Misfits. I've shared this with you before, Aisha. I find you very intimidating, (laughs) not in a bad way. You're just so cool. And so I feel like I'm a bit special for being on this beautiful podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I don't think I've ever had anyone say that I was intimidating but as long as it's in a good way it's in the best way I just I just want to copy everything that you do and be as cool as you <laughs> well I'm a misfit and I think you are too so let's start there let's start with a little story about um something in your life that really was highlighted to you about not fitting in and how that sort of transformed and transmuted into what you're doing today. Absolutely. So, I mean, it all started with the fact that I'm six foot two. And as a lady, that means that I stand out quite a bit. And um, I think I've been quite comfortable with being a misfit from a very young age. I I needed to learn how to be different and how to be okay with that. I think, um, you know, even just being really tall at school, I remember, you know, in kindy, you always have like these tiny little desks and chairs. Well, I was too big for the little desks and chairs (laughs) at kindy. So I had to sit up next to the teacher 
from the first minute that I went to school. So I was being singled out from a very young age for my height. Um, I was also then being the teacher's pet and sitting right next to her. I was also the, the top of the class at school. And, um, you know, that never really was an issue for me. I just thought, you know, well, I'm just different. That's cool. I'm happy to be different. I still um, felt like I was able to fit in um, in my own special way at school. But then I think, you know, when you get to high school and then you start to have like those awkwardness things and I was six foot tall by the time I was 13, you know, I started to realise that there were things that I would need to change about myself to fit in. So, you know, I started sabotaging my results at school so that I wouldn't stand out for my results and then um, my teachers got very cranky at me for doing that so I had to stop doing that. And I've tried to fit in in the most bizarre ways throughout my life but I really feel like the thing that relates most to where I am today in terms of being a misfit was definitely just the corporate world. I was able to be very successful in a consulting career and in my career working for uh, state and local government and I shot up the career ladder very quickly from a very young age and I, I just felt like I didn't belong there. And it was really weird to me to think that I had spent all this time at university learning about business and human resource management to go through this amazing career. And everyone was like, Matt, you were just doing so amazing. And then I kind of really hit my stride and I was earning a very high six-figure salary. I was having, I was really good at what I did. I was paid well. And yet I just could not get myself out of bed every morning. Every morning I would have this debate with myself about what I was doing and so um, I think for a long time I avoided having my own business because my dad had his own businesses and didn't do particularly well at them. And, you know, mm. him being an ideas man was a family of origin story about having your own business makes you an unreliable person. <laughs> and so I had resisted that. I worked in government. I worked in big companies because I didn't want to ever be that unreliable person over and over again, this I just kept getting drawn into this world of entrepreneurship and online business in particular. And so I decided I was going to try and do my own thing and, and be myself. And um, absolutely best decision I ever made. And I am so glad that I took that leap. And even then jumping into the online business world, I realized I didn't fit in there either. You know, I, I worked with a business coach who told me I needed to not give people the answers to their questions until they had paid me money. And I had business coaches who told me that I was too generous and that I shouldn't get involved in my with my clients, that I needed to maintain a sense of distance, that I had to have the perfect website, that I, you know, all of these things I thought I should do and I just didn't want to do them. And I, so I was a bit of a misfit in the online business world as well. And I saw that I had jumped out of the corporate world, which was very masculine energy dominated and into the online business world, which was very masculine energy dominated. And I didn't feel like I belonged there either. But I think the beautiful thing for me about the online business world is you get to make your own little mini worlds. And so I decided that I was going to try and create a feminine 
um, based online business world where we did connect with each other, where I could buy from someone and they could buy from me. And there was nothing wrong with that situation where I could hire people who I was close to and my friends to work for me. And we could have a strong working relationship and still love each other Mm. and not have to have this distance and separation. And where I didn't feel like I had to convince anyone to work with me, I could just be myself and embrace this goofy, tall, outlandish kind of exactly who I wanted to be and who I was deep inside and have people love me for that. Mm. And, and you know, fast forward, I have 13,500 members in my Facebook group. I have a very successful online business and I jump out of bed each and every day to go and spend time with beautiful women whose dogs' names that I know and whose children that I have played with and whose lives I feel like I'm such a part of and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I think you're really changing the landscape. I mean, because I know your work and um, for the listeners that don't, I just want to expand a little bit on that whole thing about, um, you know, the corporate business world is masculine and I think people who leave corporate and start their own online businesses, they take that with them. And sometimes it's unconscious and they're just running the same story. Mm. But you seem to have been able to break out of that. And when you say you're doing it in a more feminine way, can you just describe to the listeners like what that difference is a little bit? Because I I know what that is, but I'm just (laughs) wanting to share that with a wider audience. Yeah, for sure. So I believe that we're all a balance of masculine and feminine in energy. And, you know, a lot, like most people are quite comfortable with that concept that we have masculine energy and feminine energy. And I think in the, in the corporate world and in the, in the old school business world, it was a system that was created by men for men. So it was dominated by the masculine energy. The masculine energy is being the provider, it's that push energy. Um, you know, it's about mm. having those boys' toys, and you know, you want to work with me because you want to be like me. You want to, um, you want to have what I'm having, kind mm. of thing. Mm. And so it creates. I, I like to say, you know, in the in the marketing world, they have this KLTC uh, KLT factor: know you, like you, and trust you. And then in a masculine dominated marketing, it's also admire. You want people to know you, like you and trust you and admire you. And that's kind of that masculine thing. You want to be the provider. You want to be the alpha male, you know, Mm. that kind of sense that you're bringing to it. Mm -hmm. But in a feminine dominated kind of model, it's not no like, trust, admire. You actually, people want to connect, So it's they know you, like you, trust you, and they feel connected to you in some way, shape, or form. And I feel like no one connects like the ladies connect. Like I've never seen boys sitting at a bar going, "Oh, look, I'd love to have another beer, but I am watching what I weigh, uh, you know, what I uh, calories, and and you know, I feel really guilty about eating that chocolate, you know. Like that's not a thing. Like men (laughs) connect over their aspiration and admiration, and women Mm. connect through being themselves and their vulnerabilities and their desire to help each other. Mm. And in the online business world, we have an opportunity to create an entire business model based on that inherent strength. Mm. So instead of having to kind of play like a man and create flashy marketing and tell people how amazing you are and have them admire you and create this false sense of expert status, 
I'm helping women to create businesses around our inherent strengths at really deeply connecting with each other and helping each other. Mm-hmm. And so I think like visually what how I like to think of the feminine business model is that in a masculine business model I, like the the seller is up here up above and the and the buyer is down below. So the seller is the expert at something and they're selling to people below them and saying you can have what I have if you buy from me from up here. Whereas I like to think of feminine business as a giant circle and we're all sitting around in a circle and I can stand up and say, you know what, I'm really good at this thing and I'm, I'd lo- I know that you're all really good at your things but I feel like I'm really good at this thing. So if you want me to help you with that thing, I can help you with that thing and you can buy it off me. And then I can go and buy something off someone. Oh, you're really good at that thing so I'm going to go and buy off you. But it's a peer-to-peer sales relationship mm. Not a, a I'm up here and a, an expert to a you know lowly beneath you kind of person. You know, it's not a leader and a follower. It's a peer to peer relationship when you're selling in a feminine business model. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love the image of the circle too because I think that um, what you brought up before is really true. Women um, for eons have connected in that way. Come to come together in a circle sharing, helping each other out. I mean, it's just sort of like in our DNA. And mm-hmm. at some point, it kind of got distorted or got put, pushed aside. And we entered this masculine uh, paradigm of how we work in the world, because it's all, you know, business and stuff isn't really what it used to be like for women, we used to just sit around and, you know, make food and things like that. But now mm-hmm. that we're in the modern world, those things are still inherent in us and I think that it's beautiful to that what you're doing is actually bringing it back to that circle of connection and helping each other. Oh, it's gorgeous, it's isn't so it? It's so gorgeous. It just lights me up. It just makes <laughs> me feel so empowered rather than disempowered, you know, and I use, I'm a bit cheeky when I talk about masculine business, you know, and I make fun of people using their sausage strategies and all of these kinds of things. But I think for me, it gives me that sense of empowerment when I talk about it that way. And then I I help people to move into this more feminine model, because I think if we were to all kind of give away our power and say, well, that's just how business is run. That's just how the business world is. And you either play the game or you don't then it kind of, it makes me cranky and it makes me feel really sad. Mm. And so instead of that, I'm kind of just poking my tongue at it and saying, well, you can have your sausage model, but I'm going to have my model and I'm going to do these things my way. And I want to prove to people that that way can still be successful. It can still feel amazing. It can still, you know, free you up to have the time to go and travel the world or spend time with your children or do the things that you want to do outside of your business as well and you can still be successful by playing to your inherent feminine strengths and I think that dudes can absolutely learn from this model but I think women absolutely will dominate in Mm. this business model because it's an inherent strength of ours it sure is and I, I love the circle and I think that is important because Getting back to a few things you said, which was, you know, being able to do it your way and just being yourself and your way is not necessarily how another woman would do it, but we're still in that circle and we're still Mm. helping and support each other in our unique way and process. And I'm just going to, um, yeah, and I just want to sort of go a little bit deeper into 
you know, before when you said you want, you really just want to be yourself, like you said, I want to be myself and who I am deep inside. So I want to just explore that with you. And before I do, I just want to read a quote. I've been reading this book by Deepak Chopra, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, which I absolutely love, love. And he talks about our purpose in life. And he said, everyone has a purpose in life, a unique gift or special talent to give to others. And when we blend this unique talent with service to others, we experience the ecstasy and exaltation of our own spirit, which is the ultimate goal of all goals. Mm. So I'm bringing that in because I know that the work that you do with women as a business coach and the programs that you offer is really helping other women to tap into what is their unique gift? What is their special talent that they give to others? And I'm going to ask you the same question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, And I absolutely agree wholeheartedly. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to incorporate this idea of purpose into the work that I do with people in business is actually I got fired up about something. I got a little bit ranty because I was reading The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris Mm. and there was a statement in that where he said, you're never going to find a business that really fulfills you anyway, so why not just focus on the money and get the fulfillment elsewhere? And I, that just made me like, I was like, no, hang on a minute. No, don't tell me I can't. <laughs> so I made it really core to what I was doing in my own business with the hope of helping other people to do that. And so that, I think that's why I'm, I'm quite practiced in understanding how purpose can be brought into a business model and how you can actually be fulfilled and aligned and make amazing money at the same time. Mm. And I think for anyone who's struggling to find their purpose, I always try to bring it back to when in your life over and over again, have you been told you can't have one and the other? Where have you been taught that those two things are mutually exclusive? And for me, the two things were standing up and shining and being part of the crowd. Mm. So I could stand up and shine and be the top of the class, but I would have no friends at school. I could be the superstar netball player, but the girls on the team wouldn't like me. Mm. I could... um, Even in my corporate jobs, I could go for all the big executive jobs and go for climbing up the corporate ladder, but it would cost me my sense of belonging. And for me, that is my purpose. I am here to show other people not only that they can stand up and shine and still be part of the group, but by flipping that on its head, by inherently putting the connection with a group first you can then stand up and shine unafraid. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 this innate desire in me to show that, and it's, a, it's the whole brilliant misfits thing, right, which is why mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, that's the best podcast title ever and I'm so jealous that you came up with it <laughs> because I think it's absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. We are all misfits. Yeah. When we actually become our true selves and tap into what we really, really want to do. Like I want to dance around and be a clown and have fun and smile and laugh every single day. And the more that I tap into that and accept that that's what makes me different, but that also makes me exactly the same as everyone else. 
And it's actually by, by squashing down our uniqueness in order to stay small and be okay for everyone to still be okay with us, we actually bring everyone else down with us. And mm. that's where tall poppy syndrome comes from. Mm. Oh, I'm so moved. I'm, I'm practically crying here because... <laughs> And I'm sure there are a few people listening because, you know, it touches a deep core because I know, I know that as, as women and men too, but I'm just talking about women. Um, so many of us have dimmed our light. We've damped it down. We've tuned it down just to try and fit in and be accepted or be loved. And it is just amazing when you can find someone a mentor a coach or just some friends that will really say hey we love who you are just as you are and you begin to say hey maybe I can just be myself and Mm -hmm. really begin to shine and that's what we're here for to share our gifts and to really shine absolutely and when you start to uncover and love all of the unique things that make you who you are you give other people permission to do the same Mm. you know when I started to even in my Facebook group when I started um, to I would dance and sing to the camera and film myself doing some really crazy things and being a bit of a goofball I gave all of those other goofballs in my Facebook group permission to do the same. They had been busting to be seen and to have fun and to really engage and they got a chance to do it. And so for me, that that really does feel like that is exactly my purpose. It's to encourage women and help them to shine and be unique and be successful and know and trust that they're actually creating more connection, not less. Mm, I love yeah. that. I love that. And I love your goofball videos. <laughs> <laughs> you participate so all the time, Aisha. You make me I'm, cry every I time I see you dancing and singing and all of these sorts of things because it's just such a highly connecting and amazing thing to mm. see other people light up. And it, it does. It brings me to tears. And I think that's a good thing. You know, we try to squash our emotions so much I mean I don't know about you but I grew up in a family where if anyone cried while we were watching a movie they got made fun of Mm. and now I love that as auntie Tash to my niece and nephew like when we watch a movie if one of them starts to get really emotional and cry like I can cry with them and make it okay Mm. we're allowed to be emotional we're allowed to care deeply (laughs) and authentically and I just think we've just become so dull and so emotionless like what's wrong with emotions Mm. and so yeah I mean there's a whole nother rant in that but well there is because it's part of that whole corporate journey where you you know you're less than the men or you're less than if you are an emotional person in business I used to run into the ladies room and have one of those two-minute cries in the stall and then you know wipe the tears away and put on my face and and go back out like nothing yep. happened and yep. um i'm just thrilled that it's all changing now and that we can just be who we are and actually yes. we're changing the landscape and i and i know that you're a huge part of changing that landscape and i really honor your work and what you're doing and you know tash to me you're one of the most nurturing and supportive people i know and you do that in your business it's just who you are and i just want to ask you 
in your childhood, did you did you always have this quality of caring and and supporting, and uh, it just comes through in everything that you do. Oh, thank you. And yes, it definitely was um, an inherent trait of mine. I think just caring what how other people felt. I didn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily about caring what they thought or thought of me or anything like that. But I I deeply cared about the feelings of other people. I think, and look, this is me like totally owning the whole, like, I'm an emotional person. Please forgive me if I start crying. But I think for me, it was really brought to the fore when my mum got sick. Because when I was 17, my mum was diagnosed with cancer. She broke six vertebrae in her spine. She had, she had tumours in her spine. And she was hospitalised and my dad couldn't cope. And so I fell into the role of full-time carer for her. And that was a huge part of my life. For eight years, I was a full-time carer for my mum and I just found so much meaning and so much love and so, I, like, it, it absolutely, there was no question to me that that's what I would do. And I'm the third of four children and I don't, I was geographically closer in the, initially when my mum got sick but i don't i don't even know if anyone else even questioned it it was just like well that tash is helping to look after her you know and i i don't ever recall even looking back prior to that incident i don't ever recall like there being a big moment when it was called out for me or where i really understood why i cared so much about other people and why i was so in touch with that but that event of of looking after my mom and you know just to having such an intense care out relationship with her it brought all of these other tiny little things from my childhood together and all of a sudden everything made sense mm. and i don't ever feel like in that 8 years that i missed out i actually shared this story in someone's facebook group this week swapna thomas's who you just interviewed actually <laughs> i just listened to you talking to her um and in her group i said i shared this story about like I was, I had just, it was the day I had started university that my mum had her accident and was, and was diagnosed with cancer. And so I had just moved away from home and, and gone, oh, yay, I'm free. I can be a crazy university student. And then instantly my entire landscape of my life changed. But I never at the time felt like, oh, now I've missed out on my university time. Mm. I never at the time, like, it was never a thing. My whole family were like, you are so amazing. I can't believe that you're doing this for your mum. You know, she absolutely loves you and adores you and she's so proud of you and all of those sorts of things. I was like, yes, my mum, of course I'm looking after her. It was just like this no-brainer decision for me. It wasn't even a decision. I just did it. And so I do feel like that really gave me this it was and it was eight years and it was almost like eight years of of saying goodbye because I knew mm. that she that she was going to die um and oh sorry about that um no need to be sorry um mm. but it it made me need to be a feeling person and function wow feeling and function yeah and so for me, that eight years was the perfect training ground for this business because I, it, it gives me permission to still be this feeling person and 
to help people in a really functional and practical way. I help people make money. Like that could be the coldest, harshest, most disconnecting thing in the world and yet by just being my perfect, brilliant, misfit self, I have found a way to do it and be able to be me and to still be this feeling human being. And that's magical. Wow. I'm, I'm a bit like speechless. I, I'm, <laughs> very in, I'm very moved by that. And I think mm-hmm. that um, it's a quality that is so needed in our world today. Um, you know, there's so much shutting down just to function. And I think that we function less yes. when we don't actually feel what's happening inside us, feel our bodies and really embrace it and use it in a way that is going to help us to thrive. Mm, Absolutely, absolutely. Because it means that I can, I, I have this amazing ability to understand how people feel and I can put myself in their shoes and I can empathize and I can sympathize and I can just be okay with that. You know, I've had people tell me, Tash, it's been eight years. You should be able to talk about your mum without crying now. And I say to them, well, I don't really want to. Mm. And that's okay. Like I'm quite willing to be a functioning but feeling an emotional human being. Woohoo! That is beautiful to me. <laughs> Let's celebrate. I think that is fantastic. And so, so strange because during that time of looking after my mum, I was succeeding in the corporate world by acting like a man. Like I, those two, that's why it felt so off path for me and why the corporate world just didn't work mm. because by night I was caring for my mum and I was, you know, deeply entrenched in this intense emotional experience and then by day I had to shut it off and compartmentalise it in order to be a valuable part of my work team. And so, of course, that didn't feel right. Mm. And so it's a beautiful thing that we can just embrace being all of ourselves and and having all of our emotions and still show that we can be successful. I'm sorry I cried on your podcast. (laughs) I love it. I'm so happy you did. And you gave me permission to cry as well. It's wonderful. And I, I'm really, I'm thinking about like some of the women out there who are listening to this and they're really, there's their hearts are being drawn in and saying, yes, that's how I want to be in the world. But I'm so petrified. I'm so scared. Mm. What, what do you think would be a, a really good sort of first step or movement to being able to really be yourself and and be in your feelings and and be able to function like where where could they go to sort of get that support or um what sort of tip would you like to offer I think tip number one is definitely surround yourself with other people who are doing the same so Mm. you know as as a business coach um you know I know a lot of people want to work with me because they're drawn into this. But you don't have to be coached by me to hang out with me. I have my Facebook community. I hang out in your Facebook community. Like there are so many ways and I love technology for this, right? Mm. We can all over the world find all the people who are embracing this idea of being brilliant misfits and being themselves and we can come together in a place where we're hanging out anyway, Facebook. Let's face it, we're all in there. <laughs> so jump into some Facebook communities, but don't just jump in and lurk. Just just try just try something out. Have a fun experiment 
in introducing yourself as yourself, Mm. in engaging in conversations with women without feeling the need to impress them or get them to buy something from you or um, put on your showy best self. Like take take a random selfie of yourself and don't worry about whether you look good or not and just just try little baby experiments in embracing who you are and connecting with other like-minded women because I do truly believe that through our connection with each other, we are giving each other permission to be that unique, totally feeling self. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my my Facebook group is big. We've got 13,000 of us, but we still feel like, I still feel like it's a very connected community. And so it's kind of a little bit safety in numbers, but at the same time, you will be seen. If you jump in there and you share a photo of yourself and you tell us who you are, we will see you. You will be witnessed. And if you jump into Aisha's group in Brilliant Misfits, you will be seen. You will be witnessed. And that's the first step is just to practice being okay and connecting with other people who are doing the same. And we're all handholders. We all love welcoming new people into this different way of working, and it's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. I think a year ago, before I even joined any groups, um, I probably was one of those people who was a bit terrified and thought, well, you know, well, but um, (laughs) (laughs) um, when I think about it, and as I was listening to what you were saying, it really is an incredible, it's like having a women's circle, except Mm -hmm. you're not sitting, you know, next to each other, which is also beautiful. I love doing that as well. But every day you can go into circle by joining the groups and Tasha's group is, you know, It's like, it's just amazing. And if you just go in and have a look, you'll see that you'll feel immediately, this is the place, this is comfortable, the Mm heart-centered, soul-driven entrepreneur group. And my group, which is a tiny little one just starting, Brilliant Misfits, is the same thing. Everybody's in there to just share and support and uplift each other. And we don't have to put it on or, you know, pretend to be something other than what we're feeling that day in that moment. And that's the beauty Mm -hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, amen. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you know, the other thing is I've, I've had quite a few, I've tried out a few business coaches in my time. I'm still searching for an awesome one, but, um, and I, and I choose to actually work with people who are more experts in their specific area these days, but I've had many business coaches who tell me I don't milk my group enough for my business. And I think like, just the fact that they said that sentence means they don't even understand what it's for. Like we, I am a, I'm, yes, I'm the leader of that group, but that group does not exist to support my business. It exists to support me. That group exists because I wanted to connect with other people who were trying to, trying out business in their own way and who wanted to connect first, who wanted to learn from each other and support each other and connect with each other. And it lights me up and fills me up to go in. And as you said, be in circle with women any time of day or night. I know I can go in there and ask for help. When I had a crisis with my coloring books just yesterday, I went into that group and asked for someone to help and I had help within 30 seconds. Mm. You know, I, it, I'm, I'm currently in Riverton in New Zealand, which is the very bottom of the South Island, and there are probably 50 to 100 women in my group who are from New Zealand. And I know if I went into that group and said, oh, my goodness, I've just broken my leg, someone would be here to pick me up. Like <laughs> it's, it's that connected and it is that loving and that caring and 
And for me, there are some business benefits because people want to learn how to do this for themselves and they buy programs and coaching from me, but that is secondary. You mm. know, if, if I won the lottery or if I, you know, that if you had a million dollars thing, I might leave some of the stuff that I do in my business behind, but I wouldn't ever let go of my business and I would never, ever, ever, ever let go of that group, ever. They are my <laughs> lady posse and I love them, like proper love them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that um, what you're talking about and how you um, share about how business comes to you really does epitomize the feminine way because it's all about magnetizing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going out there and trying to get or trying to push yourself onto someone. It's more about just being who you are, and who you are is your business if you're in the online entrepreneurial world. Who you are is your business. And if you just be you and just talk about what you do from your heart with your feelings in a functioning way, (laughs) you are just going to magnetize people to you. It's, It's a more effortless approach, isn't it? It absolutely is. And that's so funny you say that because I just um, recorded my next podcast episode, which is called Magnetic Business. So it's like exactly, yes. We're in sync. um, We are so in sync, Aisha. I'm (laughs) totally one of the cool kids. I get to hang out with you. Um, And so I think, yeah, it's absolutely true. And there are some things, you know, it's it's not about just like I'm going to sit at home and be on my own and be myself and I'm going to magically have business. That's not that's not how it works. I do feel like there is a balance between the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. But particularly in the way that you show up, the more that you can just embrace this concept of being yourself and being feeling and 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 connecting with people, that part of it absolutely shines and it really does work Mm. Mm. yeah beautiful well it's nearly time it just went so fast I can't believe it Um, (laughs) but I do know that you you have something to share with the listeners um, that they can jump onto if they would like to yes I do Um, and I can't remember what it was (laughs) Um, it's the Lean Startup School. Oh, my Lean Startup School. Sorry. I think it's the the crying thing has made me lose my brain a little. I just presented it this morning, so it's like totally <laughs> top of mind, but I've had a little bit of emotional overwhelm. Yeah, so um, I have a an online program. It's a totally free course. It's called the Lean Startup School, and this is really like my whole feminine business mission. I'm spreading the word for free. And um, this Lean Startup School is basically takes you through the feminine business model. So all of these things that we've just been talking about, we've been talking about it at a very high level kind of conceptual level. And this is a practical way of actually how do you build a business based on this? And so if people wanted to want to go to um, my link, which I've given to you and you can pop into the show notes, Mm -hmm. then they can get access to that um, little training and it's for free. Fantastic. What a beautiful offering. It is beautiful. And you're so like that. You you do give so much away for free and you're really um, so generous and genuine in in what you want to offer people. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting up a business on your own, you want to just be true to yourself, then I really encourage you to get onto that and I'll, I'll put the link up in the show notes. Awesome. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Tash. On that note, I think unless there's anything else that you'd like to share or any links that you would like to give to the the listeners. Oh, well, if people wanted to join um, my Facebook group, it's called um, Heart-Centered, Soul-Driven Entrepreneurs. And I do have a short link for it. So if you go to bit.ly forward slash Lady Posse, <laughs> cutest, <laughs> cutest bitly in the world. Um, then that's where you can join my Facebook group. But I just wanted to say, like, thank you, Aisha, for creating this podcast and for helping to spread this message. And I think, you know, this has is the epitome of us showing that there's we're not in competition with each other. We're all shining our lights in this amazing way and we're all showing up and helping to spread the word. And and this is just absolutely gorgeous. And I've been absolutely loving listening to your podcast. I'm all up to date. I've been listening to them nonstop. So <laughs> I'm so excited and I'm really looking forward to all of the other interviews that you share as well because I think you have this magical way of helping people to shine and you've just totally found your stride in this podcast and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I'm totally loving it. And for those of you who want to go to Tasha's um, podcast because as we collaborate and we're not in competition in this <laughs> new paradigm and I love that. I really, really love that. That just makes me feel so good. Um, Tasha. Tash's podcast is hashtag Lady Posse. I love the name of that as well. Hashtag <laughs> Lady Posse. Anyway, I'm going to put all the links into the show notes for everyone so that they can look it up and go there and join in. Awesome. Thank you so much, Aisha. Thank you, Tash. Until next time, much love. Bye. That was a wonderful episode with Tash. I hope you enjoyed that. I think um, one of the great takeaways from that was um, the whole notion of feeling and functioning. I know for myself that whenever I was overcome with emotions, I really had to stuff them down, especially in the working world, especially in business. And I think what Tash is really bringing to the foreground and into the landscape is a new way of of being human in business and just really being able to have your feelings function and actually create a more authentic and connected way of doing business. So I hope you enjoyed that show. And until next time, be true to you and be brilliant. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.